Ghost Tales with Charlie May, connecting you to a world with the otherworldly. Discover the fables firsthand as you carefully listen to the events centered around the investigations into the paranormal world. Join in on the incredulous and inconceivable narratives of entities, ghosts, and aberrations. Get drawn into the authentic parables and power held by the spirits of the metaphysical realm. Welcome to Ghost Tales. Welcome to Ghost Tales. I'm your host, Charlie May. Tonight I have a great guest for you. She is just a little soulful, cute, adorable woman that I met down in Irving. Without further ado, let's welcome Rosemary. How are you doing tonight? Just doing fine, thank you. It's a beautiful night, and I am thinking uh, spiritual thoughts. Good. Now, I met you back in September, I think, didn't I? That's right. Uh, you came down and did an investigation of our mother's house. Tell me about this home the the time stamp on it and and 40 so i would expect the house was oh 100 125 maybe even 150 years old and started out as a funeral home so there have been a lot of spirits uh, go through that place and you grew up in the home correct you grew up in the home correct well, I was 12 years old when we lived next door to this house always. I was born right next door, and when it came up for sale, we moved right next door into that house. My mother had always had a fascination with it, and she loved it because it had the... Uh, the Because it's important. Sure. There were seven of us kids. Uh, there were three girls born and then three boys, and then one girl who we always called the baby. She's like 57 now, but she was the baby. Popping around. Um, when I was 12, we moved in, and almost immediately, we started hearing things, and like in the middle of the night, uh, a book would drop off of a table that might be sitting you know, right across from you. Uh, the lights would go off and on in any of the rooms uh, just all night, <laughs> uh, real regularly. And the piano plays a woman standing right in front of me, a young lady, I guess you would say. And she was dressed in, I would say, probably clothing they would wear about around 1900. And it just scared me to death, you know, at the time. And I asked my mother the next day, I said, Mama, somebody was standing right in front of me. And she was like in her early 20s, maybe. And my mother said that uh, he had a daughter who sounded like my description of her with the dark hair that was up in a bun and uh, had a dress on with the high neck and the puff sleeves like they wore back then. And she said, you know, that sounds a lot like uh, the funeral director's daughter. And so that kind of started the role on, uh, we, we called him J.D. Everyone we talked to at the house, we, uh, when something would happen, we would say, okay, J.D., uh, because it was Mr. Ashcraft, you know, who had the house. And so we just kind of um, made a joke out of it because 
if we didn't, it would have been really uh, terrifying experiences. I get my next question. When you saw the books falling and everything moving, did that scare you? Or was it just when you saw the, the woman over standing over you? Uh, to get used to it. Later on, it didn't really bother me that much. And it doesn't bother you today, does it? No, no, it doesn't. And it uh, doesn't bother my uh, sisters or brothers either. We just kind of got used to being in the house. And uh, like one night, uh, one night I was asleep and heard my name getting called. And uh, so I looked up and there was uh, an older man standing right inside the door. The door was shut to the bedroom and I shared it with two of my uh, other sisters. So, and they had a cigarette in their hands. You could see a cigarette. So I thought maybe I was in trouble because I maybe had come in late from a, a date or something. So I said, what do you want? Nobody said anything. And I, I went down and I, we had a globe light. You know, it was lit, but it's kind of an eerie light when you turned it on. So I, I reached over and turned on that light. And immediately you could just see a vapor disappear up the wall. And uh, I realized it wasn't my father come in to scold me. It was a spirit. That is fantastic. <laughs> oh, I yes, love that. I well, thank you. And when you hear them say your name, it adds a whole different uh, dimension to things, too. How many people believe you when you tell them the stories? Some believe and some just kind of laugh, you know, and some won't want to uh, admit that there is anything because they would be really scared if they did believe. Uh, but when you get like, here's an example. Our mother and father, uh, with seven children in the house, all these different ages, they would never talk much about it or admit that we were really seeing something. Uh, they would just kind of attribute it to something else, and we thought we were crazy for a while. And then, after all of us kids had grown up and moved out of the house, then they started uh, telling us about things that they had seen. So when we found out that our mother and father had, had seen things too, it was uh, it really made it real. And all of the kids believed in it? Yes, all the kids had actually seen uh, these things. Now, back in the boys' bedroom, we believe that might be, there was a girls' bedroom with three girls and a boys' bedroom on the other end of the house. And we kind of think that uh, there was a, a portal or something back there in their bedroom that was uh, where they where they came from and found out later from the way uh, my brothers would talk that they weren't not the they were not the friendly ones that we were having on our end of the house. These were a creepier, more uh, sinister type uh, entities. And uh, even the boys' closet seemed to be where everything came from. Uh, a few came from the attic. And uh, I've gotten some pictures from the attic. And 
and you almost went into the attic the night that you were there. I would love for you to come back down and go up there. We could investigate because I went went in the attic for about five (laughs) minutes. Yes. And then I came back down. And if you Uh notice, Richard, Richard is who owns Whisper's Estate. He was supposed to come up there with me, and he did not. (laughs) Yes, he decided not to, didn't he? (laughs) Now, you've had some deaths in your family. And, you know, I think it's important because of the activity that's going on in the house today. So can you tell the listeners about those? I I think you're right. Uh, That might have a lot to do with it. our mother died like maybe 10, 10 years ago or so, and she was bedridden for about a year in and out of the hospital. And uh, she had such a love for that house that I believe it drew spirits to her. And I think that maybe they were feeling uh they were feeling that something was going on and maybe that she was going to get ready to join them or step into a different realm. And I do believe that there was a connection because of, of mama loving the house and knowing that she was going to leave it soon. And uh, then my, when our mother died, then the youngest brother had lived with her for years so he stayed in the house and, and was there those 10 years after she passed away. And uh, he is he's kind of an empath. He's kind of like me. And, you know, you know, certain people can sense these things more than others. Oh, yes, and, indeed. And you guys uh-huh. are targets for them. They love the empaths like they for some reason. They are drawn to you guys because you have these feelings and sensations that other people don't. Well, and and you have that too, I might add. You're you're really really in tune with with what's going on with them. Vincent was really sensitive. Vincent was an artist, and I am kind of an artist, and I think it causes really deep uh, deep thoughts and looking at things a whole different way than most people do, and. He was down there by himself, you know, day after day, night after night. He did some drawing and did some cartoons and and things. And uh, we noticed that Vince started staying up all night and sleeping all day, which is weird. So it went on and on. And, you know, we'd talk about uh, what time the flights stop at night over the house. And then they start again about four in the morning, you know, things like that. And found out later that uh, he he did that, I think, because he did not want to be alone in that house uh, with what happened at night, you know. Did he ever say that to you or no? He never came right. He would joke every once in a while. He would say, oh, I tell you, he said, I sit out here on the porch because I don't want to be in there with them. You know, he would say them. And I knew what he was talking about, of course. But uh, I think he was afraid. Uh, he contacted some people to come in and uh, see if they could get the spirits out of the house. Oh, yeah. Might yes. So uh, he he was very much aware of, of what was in there with him. So let me ask you this, because I've been to the house. And um, <laughs> from your childhood 
till now. Can you tell the energies in the house today? Do you feel the energy of your mom and your brother in that house? Yes, uh -huh, definitely do. And it is something that you just kind of feel. You know they're around you. You know they're with you. Uh, I took a picture uh, from the living room leading into our mother's bedroom. And, of course, that's where she was most of the time at the end of her life. And Benson, too, because he moved in that bedroom. You can feel uh, what's what's around you. And I snapped, uh, well, I actually did a video, and you can see my mother sitting back uh, at her sewing machine. She was an uh, excellent seamstress and spent most of the days in front of the sewing machine. You could see her sitting back at the sewing machine in the room, and my brother was crossing from one bedroom into her bedroom, walking across the doorway. That's wild. It, it, it really is. It really is. And uh, it was a video, and I took pictures frame by frame, stills of it. And in the last one, he is looking over. You know, he's looking ahead, and then by the end picture, he's looking in there at me, right right at the camera. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it, it is. It's freaky. <laughs> I love it. There's one, there's one more person that's very significant in this equation of the Robinson house, and uh -huh. it's your best friend. Yes, yes. Please, I mean, this one, this oh. is, you got to tell this story. Oh, okay, and I'm still trying to find a picture so I can show you that this is that part of the person. Uh, Vicki was my best friend always, and we were inseparable. We did everything together. We uh, just spent every minute we could together, and she was my best, closest friend. Well, uh, she was on board the airplane that in Lexington that crashed at the end of the runway and killed everybody but the co-pilot so many years ago, almost 20 years ago now. And, you know, I still talk to her and I still just say, oh, I miss you so much. And I feel like uh, I feel like she's hearing what I say. Uh, I was down. She spent so much time when we were children or teenagers, you know, we would just she practically lived with us. And it was nothing to, well, she was almost like another sister and part of our family. We just, everybody loved Vicki. So I was uh, taking some pictures back in the my brother's bedroom, what was the boy's room back then. And uh, there were some really spooky things going on at, at the closet that we always thought was some sort of a portal. And looked up toward the ceiling and was filming along the ceiling. And I thought, I've got to get pictures of that. So I took a couple of pictures across the ceiling there in the boys' bedroom. And when I got back, I had a chance. Because, see, when you take these pictures, you really don't see anything. It's not until you kind of have to feel what's going on more than see it. And had taken all these pictures, came back to the house. And when I looked at that picture, it was uh, those that I had taken. It was my friend Vicky, And just as plain as day, it was her. Not only that, 
she was wearing a dress that she had shown me. Uh, she had gotten for a dance, and uh, she had that dress on. I'm still trying to find the picture just to prove that that it really was her and wearing that same dress that she thought so much of. How old was but, Vicky when this plane crashed? Let me see. She would have been early 40s, probably. When we were at the house, and I think I wasn't the only one who, who felt her presence, but she probably stood out more than anybody that, yes that I think night she, uh-huh i it, think it, she had love and she was such a loving kind person gentle person always happy <clears throat> wonderful wonderful girl when you go in the house now today mm-hmm. does any part of the house scare you uh the uh, probably if there was one place that i didn't feel comfortable in it would be walking down the hall from uh our mama's bedroom back to where we think this portal is in our brother's bedroom. The yeah, hall's part. I was standing uh-huh. in the hall yeah. and the door opened. Yes. Yes. That's, that's when sort we of first thing. got there. Oh, yes. So I, I know exactly which closet and, and what door you're mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I took a picture of something reaching, like, again, it was several, several pictures, but had a friend down there with me one night back in the winter. And, of course, we could not see this at the time, but something was actually reaching out of the closet door and had her, had a grip on her shirt. And she didn't know it. Of course, she was standing right there. We were just chatting. But... That was the spookiest thing. When we were there, the scariest part for me, and you know, I I do kind of spook easy. It depends on what's happened. I, I've been scratched and touched. I'm touched all the time. But oh. it, we were sitting at the kitchen table in that little mm-hmm. nook area. Oh, yes, yes. the entire table moved. That is the creepiest thing I've ever heard. For the second time, because we did a seance in there when you, you weren't there. But Oh, please I, tell me about that. I try to debunk everything I can. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not a real investigator if you just see things and, and you and you just think that's what it is without debunking it. I need that's, to know stuff is real. Right, right. So we make sure everybody's feet are tucked under and their hands mm-hmm. away from the table. And mm-hmm. we all have flashlights. And the entire table moved across the floor. Oh, my goodness. Was uh, was something provoked, do you think? Or was it just an answer to a question? Or was it just uh, letting you all know that somebody was there? Because we asked I, him I, to move I, it. Oh, and it did. It did. Twice. It took, I would say, 15 minutes manifesting this energy for him to move this table. It, whoever it was. Oh, my goodness. For some reason, I think it was your brother. Because... The women spirits, you know, they come and go, and they love turning on stuff. And but mm-hmm. the men spirits are so strong; they they want to be heard, they want to be seen, they want to they want you to know they're there. So right. that blew my mind. That was that made oh, my night. Well, I heard that a gentleman at that table jumped up to run away. <laughs> and that would be Richard. <laughs> it's always Richard. <laughs> he was, admit. Oh, yeah, he does admit to to running. Um, During that night, what was the most fascinating thing that you saw? Because, you know, I have all the equipment. What was fascinating for you? That what to see you set up that equipment, like throwing that red grid across the living room, you know, against the wall and just 
you know, it covered so much area. And to see the, I don't know what the equipment was that had the little skeleton-like people. Mm-hmm. The uh, red grid is the GS2, and the, the skeleton people is the SLS. SLS. Mm-hmm. Well, and and for you to let me hold it and actually see, because one was standing by you while I was holding it, and it was just amazing to see. Yeah, I love interacting with the owners of the house so that they have a chance, like you, to, to see it and interact. And you're, oh. you're the one who owns the house, so you should be able to witness it for yourself and join along with the equipment just so you know oh. how it works. Well, it is a life-changing event when... Uh, investigators like you came down it's something you never forget and it answers questions to things you've always wondered about the house and the people in it and it is such an experience I know I will never never forget that night because it told me so much and showed me so much and you all were such wonderful guests to have down it it was just a heartwarming experience. It really was. I think it lets you know that it's real. Yes, that too. Because there are always going to be people who are going, oh, yeah, yeah, she's the crazy one. Yeah, <laughs> you come know? see come see what I have, if you want to call it uh-huh. crazy. Experience it for yourself. Right, and right. you still have the home. And, you know, I ask you all the time, I, I want you to turn that house into a real attraction and have people investigate the home i want it to be a true haunted house would you ever consider doing that that would be the most awesome thing to be able to do that for one thing we wouldn't have to level the house or wouldn't have to sell it not you know you just have an attachment to a house like that that way we would be able to keep it you know in the family and and uh, let other people enjoy and see what really is going on and that, that it really is real. Would you ever do it? Would you do it? Would you want to start having it be an attraction for people? Oh, I would love it. I would love, love doing it. Uh, the only thing probably that would stand in the way would be the amount of money it would be to get the house back to what it needs to be to have things like that. You know, people come through and go go through it. I don't know. I've been in houses that weren't doing there. They were barely, they're barely standing on stilts. Really? Really? And and if you don't have people spend the night, you can do what Mm -hmm. Richard does. You have to be out by four. I don't see any problem in you doing it. Well, I still toss it out to the sisters. There are four of us girls. And uh, I bring it up just real often because I think that the house would be happy if we did that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and my mother always, uh, she always loved the supernatural too. So I think she would, she would be tickled too. And if anyone wants to investigate, you can go to my website www.theparanormalinvestigator.com, and it it is in my pictures under uh, the Robinson House. And if you want to investigate it, get in touch with me, and I'll contact her, and we'll set it up. It's a thriller. It's just one of those you can't miss, and it's in Irvington, Kentucky. Gosh, well, thank you. I really <laughs> have appreciated my time with you. You're you are soulful. You're dear to me. I feel like we're related. We talk the same. <laughs> I feel the same. I just adore you. Well, go ahead. And I love your house. (laughs) 
Thank you so much, Lee. I wish you could come down and we could run the house together. How would that be? <laughs> oh, I love it. I honestly, I've thought about it. You know, I live, I don't know what, three hours away. If I live closer, I would I would do it. And I may yeah. still help you if you want to well, talk about it. I can, okay. I, I can certainly tell you this. I really, I feel close to you too. And I can, I'll never be able to say how much I appreciate you and the group coming down. And if anybody ever has an investigation of their property, does such a good job, and she is just uh, an amazing person and uh, will probably reveal a lot of things that you didn't know before the end of this. Thank you. And I want you to know that I truthfully, deep down, love you. Like, I just feel so close to you, and my energy just connected with you from when we first met. So, oh gosh, you bring tears to my eyes because you're one of a kind. You're a gem, and you're just such a doll. Thank you. it's the same way. There, I think we must have known each other in a past life. Well, I have a feeling we're going to know each other forever because we're going to be spirits, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, I'm for that. I am for that. That's one of the greatest things was uh, our connection. I love yes. that. And we'll thank t- you so much for having me. You're welcome. We'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Ghost Tales with Charlie May.